This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. Packer and Durham, Power Hour is upon us on this Thursday. Your lucky number is 617 as we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program, Mr. Durham. And we have a ton of guests lined up for you this hour. Uh, we're going to uh, visit with Julie Myers of uh, Virginia Women's Lacrosse coming up. That's in about 15 minutes. And then uh, Drew Hackenberg, the outstanding freshman pitcher of the Virginia Tech Hokies, will be with us at 930. We told you the great stories regarding scholarship coming up 945. But we're going to start the power hour with the ACC's men's champion golfer of the year from Clemson University uh, from the mean streets of Inman, South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Jacob Bridgman back to the Packer and Durham program. Jacob, good morning. How are we? Good morning. How you guys doing? We're great. Um, I want to I recount here, Pack, because we were just talking to Jacob during the break. And and he's you asked him when was the last time you shot? What'd you say, Pack seventy four or something like that? No, no, I said I asked Jacob when's 70. the last time you shot seventy eight? And I think he said like okay. in high school. Right. Yeah, it was like fourth grade or something. We're pretty confident <laughs> of that. All right, Jacob's last three four starts. You ready? Last four starts. Four one three one. Is that any good? Can you good. do that, Pack? In fact. Jacob, do you know you're talking to one of the, Mark Packer, one of the great Clemson golf luminaries? Oh yeah, from about 40 years ago, Jacob. He was quote on the team 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah, I think the last uh, time. Packer, I, I, when did you go four one three one? Um, actually, on the first hole, uh, I hit four in the woods <laughs> over here. Then they hit three back out there, and I finally had a one putt for like an 11. That's a, that sounds about like how I would play. Uh, Jacob, seriously, dude, you are really golfing your ball. I mean, it, it, do you get a sense now that, hey, this thing is – I know how hard this sport is, but you're making it look easy. What's been the difference as far as – is it a mental thing? Is it a physical thing? What have you worked on to get your game to the point now that, man, every time you tee it up, I think you're going to win? Well, I kind of um, – I kind of foreshadowed it for myself. Last semester I had a pretty tough – course load uh, with school and everything and I, I kept telling everyone you know I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna be fine we good in the spring you know I have one class right now so I'm not really worried about anything other than golf and I kept telling people just give me a little bit of time and I'll, I'll get back to where I need to be um, and then it kind of just kicked off when I went down and played in Dothan for the Canadian Q School qualifier and I I won by a couple there shot 19 under and then ever since then I've, I've been playing some really good golf um, I've won twice finished top four I think in the last one or finished top four in the last five starts I've played in so it's been good I've been you know scoring my ball really well certain parts of my game kind of stand out at times um, so you know it hasn't been they haven't all clicked at the same time which is still exciting but you know my putting this last week stood out and then sometimes my ball striking will stand out so it's just I'm just scoring really well. Jacob, I look at your stats and and you talk about, you know, some of your golf is standing out right now. What what part of your game do you feel like is is rolling pretty good and and what part do you want to see maybe pick it up a notch? 
uh, this past week, my, my putting was awesome. Um, I did, coach told me that he thought I had my B game from ball striking. Um, so I hit my driver pretty well. Um, the irons and wedges weren't really that good, and my putter was just kind of made up for everything. Um, it made me, it got me out of some pretty tough spots at times, and then made me a lot of birdies. So this past week, it was the putter. Um, and then over the past, like I said, it's just been kind of changing. Something's been standing out each week that, you know, takes over and, and leads me to the top, um, which is really good to see. You know, mm. if maybe if something, if I can get all these things to come together at the same time, who knows what'll happen? But no, it's just it's kind of not like I've beat the game. It's just like I'm still chasing for it. Yeah, I got news for you. Uh, you're never going to beat the game. And, but that's the oh, yeah. beauty of the game, though, isn't it, Jake? I mean, it really is. I mean, as talented as you are, everything you've accomplished, there's always something to work on, like you said, whether it be iron play. And it never does seem to always come together, but when it does, it's lights out. But I've always found the thing about golf that's so great is you always know there's something to work on, right? You never finish it. You never master the craft. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what drives me is that, you know, I can always get better. There's always something I can work on. You know, I've never played a tournament where everything works perfectly. So that's, you know, you can always work on something. So that's that's what's a lot of fun for me. Jacob, we I, I love the conversation with coaches, especially like golf and tennis, where you take an individual sport and you go to a team concept, right? I mean, you got it. You're playing with a group of five in college golf. Take me through the challenges of that team concept and you guys and your efforts last week as you're playing a really good competitive field at the ACC. What was that like for you to and you and your team to kind of go through that sequencing uh, and you're playing pretty well, and yet I know you're concerned about your team too, right? Yeah, it's definitely a, a different concept than most golfers are used to. Um, junior golf, you play, you know, you play high school sports, but – um, pretty much individual and the summer is all individual and when you get to school you have to count four other scores or three other scores in your in your round so I've always been one that at worry not worries but just kind of keeps track of how my teammates are doing the whole time some people just worry about their own business and try to do the best they can but I like to watch and see what everyone else is doing so you know when they're not playing their best I, I try to take that burden and, and carry it um, which I've been able to do at times but then at other times when, when I'm not playing my best and seeing how they're doing just is uplifting. So I, I really love the team aspect of golf because you get to handle everything on your own and do the best you can and you're in control of your own destiny, but then you also, also got some guys on your team that are behind you and can help you. Jake, we're watching highlights. Do you ever hit an iron shot outside of six feet? I mean, because every highlight, I mean, you're just no. hitting laser beams in there, man. It's a, You're like throwing darts at everything. It's just crazy how good you're hitting it. Uh, yeah, I only do that in front of the cameras. <laughs> is that what it is? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, that might work, my man, because whatever's working is working. You know, last year, uh, Turk Pettit wins the NCAA Individual Championship. And I know mm. you're not thinking about last year and you're worried about your game. But was there ever a thought process of, hey, listen, you know, we've seen a guy win an NCAA title from an individual. I know it's a team game, but individually you got to play well. Ever come in your mind and says, uh, guess what? You know what, this is another stepping stone for where you want to get? Yeah, that's my ultimate goal. I've, I've wanted to win the ACC championship for my whole college career. And mm. now that I finally checked that one off, 
Um, my next goal will be to, you know, win the national championship. And we're going to start at the regionals and then see what we can do there. But, yeah, seeing Turk do it last year is just proves it even further that, you know, I'm willing and able to do it. Um, last year I thought I was one of the favorites going in, and I just didn't really perform how I wanted to, which was disappointing. So this year mm -hmm. I'm looking to come back and kind of right my wrongs and see how I can do. Jacob, you grew up in South Carolina. I mean, you know what this program's about. I mean, you're the first Clemson Tiger to win the individual championship since David May 13 years ago. I mean, you've got stroke averages in the in record-setting form here. I mean, that's a Doc Redman mark you're, you're trying to surpass. You've got uh, career rounds in the 60s. You've got victory number with DJ Trahan and Chris Patton. I mean – you're walking among the luminaries. I mean, you passed Packer the day you put the peg in the ground. But, yeah. um, you know, when you, uh, you're you walking now among luminaries in Clemson golf, what's that mean to you? Do you does that factor into your thinking, or do you have to kind of compartmentalize, I guess? I mean, it's really cool to see. I, I like to hear the stats and everything when I get done and that I've beat, you know, another record. Um, but in the moment, I'm not worried about any of that. I if you start to think about your scoring hours during the year, there's no telling where it could go to. So I'm really focusing on the moment that I'm in and the term that I'm in at the time. And then at the end of the year, we're going to look back and say, oh, I did this, this, and this, and it's going to be great. By the way, if I took you to historic basketball, the difficult par five first hole, and I said, all right, you can bring any three people on the planet Earth that are alive, who are you bringing to make a force? I think, I've, I think I've got to go uh, Tiger Woods, probably Tom Brady, and my fourth one, I don't know. Basketball, i got to go Coach Penley. Penley! By the way, <laughs> speaking of Penley, can I show you something? Would you, would you like to see a Penley shot? Yeah, I know. See, yeah, we need can, can you guess which one of these guys is Larry Penley, Jacob? On the right. There you yep. go. That's it. 1984, Jacob, right there. That was in the Orange AIDS Clemson catalog. You could buy that sweater. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> if you had to wear that sweater today on the first tee, you'd take up tennis. Guarantee you. That's an Arnold Palmer-looking sweater. Yeah, old school. Exactly right. By the way, how's Penley doing? He give you a little rah-rah afterwards as a retired yeah, coach? Yeah, he's doing great. He, we've talked to him a little bit. He, he comes around. We wish he'd come around more. Maybe he'll see this and take that um, little bit of advice. But, yeah, we, we love him. He he drives around and comes and sees us. He, him and Heidi drop off some brownies for us. So, there you go. Yeah, we, we love him. I love it. Well, listen, uh, I'm as a former player, not very good because you, you, you've got 49 rounds in the 60s, which is 49 more than I had. Um, you have done an incredible <laughs> job. I mean, an incredible job. And uh, wishing you nothing but success and rooting for you and the Tigers, man. So congratulations. Thank you guys so much. All right, Jacob. Good luck. Jacob Richmond of Clemson R. Congratulations. When we come back off to South Bend, Julie Myers is the head coach of Virginia's lacrosse program. We're looking forward to catching up with her. We will do that next as we continue our coverage of the Women's Lacrosse Championship. Already one game underway in the books. Quarterfinal Friday is tomorrow in South Bend. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast.
Julie Myers joins us from South Bend this morning, the uh, head coach of Virginia's women's lacrosse program. And uh, we welcome Julie to the, to the program. They, uh, they got to wait all the way till tomorrow night before their quarterfinal game at the ACC Women's Lacrosse Championship. But, Julie, it's all good, right? You're in the, uh, you're in the ACC Championship. Plenty more to play for, right? Exactly. It's, it is going to be a long wait, but luckily we'll have lots of great games to watch before we get to go on. So uh, it'll be a full day. Uh, the stretch of making this streak continue as far as the NCAAs, it's pretty simple what you have to do moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we have to win. Um, we have to win for a million reasons, but certainly to, um, you know, in any tournament you have to win to go on. And uh, this is going to be not just for this weekend to continue, but then to be able to play into May. So, you know, it's something that we've never missed before, and it's something that we're targeting and preparing well for so that we can play great come tomorrow night. So it's a tall task, we realize, um, but we're excited for it. Julie, when you look at the format, and it's it's been discussed here a little bit, uh, we We've heard from some of your colleagues, players, and I know there's been other talk about it. To play the 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 tournament now, and then when you get to a championship, push it a week. Take me take me through the pros and cons of that from your chair. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough when you have nine teams. It's hard to fit all of those games in and make sure that we have enough rest in between each of the games so that we're not putting too many miles on our middies in particular. Um, so there's just no easy way of doing it. This year is a it's a one and done format. We're going to go right back to doing it different uh, the the following year. So we will we will be able to start a tournament and end a tournament with a champion at the end come next year. So this is just kind of a one off year. Um, and I think it was the best decision we could have made at the time. Although now that we're living it, I think we're all scratching our heads a little bit and wishing that uh, that it was a different format where we were going to leave with a champion. At the end. You know, sure. uh, we've bragged about this conference. I mean, we go into the ACC tournament, and the number one, number two, number three ranked teams in the country are sitting there, and you get a chance to jump on Syracuse's in that number three slot. Uh, it, does it get to be old hat that you just say, hey, listen, when you sign up to play at the University of Virginia or anywhere else in this league, you're going up against the best competition there is in the country? seems like that's just the way okay. it is. Absolutely. And, and we use that in recruiting. I mean, you want to play in the ACC. You've got the best coverage. You've got the, the, the most support. You've got great stadiums and, and great teams to compete in. So you train really hard for your whole life. Um, so you want to make sure that it's going to be challenging when you get to college and that you have a chance to, to grow as a player and, and, and work hard as a team and come up with some wins. So it is why a lot of kids choose the ACC, and it's something that we really try to take advantage of. Uh, we have talked about Ashlyn McGovern from time to time in our highlights of women's lacrosse this year. I know all ACC first team. What kind of year has she had in your mind? And I know terrific leader as well. All those things account for what you're getting ready to get into, I think. Yeah, I mean, Ashlyn's been great. So this is this is really her fifth year with us, but she has yet another another year next year. She's in a two-year master's program. So uh, we're going to look to get as many games out of Ashlyn as we possibly can. Uh, but she's a goal scorer. She has she has power. She's got finesse. Um, she really she can really um, hit some corners. So she's definitely our our leader on our attack. She's the lead, one of our leaders on our team, um, and she's somebody that we've really appreciated having uh, with so much experience on on a relatively young team. She's really she's really done the job her job very very well. Coach, I know with Syracuse and everybody has seen this conference, it seems like everybody's got dynamic goal scores. Uh, I, I know we yeah. get. You know, as layman, because Wes and I sit there and watch from afar and just go, wow, like every weekend we see these highlights and you're like, oh my gosh, how do you stop that? But it does seem like every team in this conference has two or three individuals that if you're not careful, they will light you up like a Christmas tree. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely an offensive uh, conference, but we have great goalkeepers and defenders as well. I just, I think the way that our rules are written, um, the, the rules do favor the attackers to be able to force their way in and get what they want. And, and training works. You know, the girls are stronger, they're faster, they're quicker. They play more lacrosse. They've seen, now they've seen the best of the best on TV and at the highest level. So I think they're emulating what they've, what they've watched growing up and they're taking it to a new level once they get to college. So it is pretty exciting, but you're right. The, the attackers in our conference, um, you could have an entire all ACC team of just attackers before you even get to the defense. Julie, you mentioned this, uh, the rules now geared to score. Uh, how big a change is that in the last five years, 10 years in your mind? Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's always favored the attack. Um, and honestly, everybody always likes to score goals. So it's uh, you find attackers more easily than you find defenders in our game. It's just more fun to be able to score a goal and drop your stick and, and celebrate that. Um, but it's, you know, the, the rules have changed a lot over the last 10 years. Um, and, and I think we're trying to make it a little bit more balanced so that it's not totally in favor of the attack. Uh, but the attackers have the ball, so they're going to they're gonna be able to have their way more often than a defender who's trying to desperately to stop it. Um, you know, I think the evolution of zones have really have really helped to quiet some of these sticks down and, and have made people go in a little bit different in terms of getting that ball in the air a little bit more. Um, but the attackers are dynamic. Um, there's stick work. I mean, every year I scratch my head. I, I, you wonder how much better can they get, and then they go ahead and they get better. So it's a pretty exciting time, and we've got a lot of exciting players. Julie, what's the key to knocking off Syracuse? We need to win draws. Um, we need to get to their the back of their net early and often as well. So we need to make sure that we kind of we try to put them back on their heels. They have trailed in games, but they're and they're great at coming back. So it's going to be one of those. We need possession of the ball. We need to do our thing offensively, um, and we need to make sure that we limit them to to very short runs, if any runs at all. So two, three goals max at a time. Um, if they're going to score one, we need to make sure that we're answering back pretty quickly. I want to. I want to come back to something you said earlier uh you're the fourth game tomorrow do you yeah. do you go do you send somebody over I know you scout them but as somebody who loves the sport like you do and I know you do do you do you watch all four do you kind of go through a walkthrough tomorrow how do you wait around and, and kill time tomorrow for lack of a better term yeah, we will do a walkthrough. So we have, uh, we'll eat a lot tomorrow too. It's just to kind of get get us up and moving. But we will definitely get to, over to Notre Dame and we'll do a walkthrough over there. We'll we'll have people over in the stands. One of my coaches um, will probably go for that. Well, one of my assistant coaches, Colleen Shear, has a daughter that plays for Duke, so she'll definitely get to that Duke game to to see her daughter um, and her mm -hmm. team get to compete, which is pretty exciting. But then our matchup game is is happening right before ours, so I'm sure the coaches will be over scouting that. Um, and, and the team will come at, at some point in time, too, probably watching that second half. Uh, you know, what we do know is our game is probably not going to start at 730. Um, so it's going to be an even longer day. So we will we'll, we'll try to fill things creatively, uh, just making sure that we keep them fresh, keep them rested, keep them, um, you know, healthy in terms of the right amount of food and the right amount of liquids going into this late, late night game. Julie, I always get a kick uh, when we're interviewing uh, either a baseball player or a softball player about the relationship of those two respective teams on a college campus. We've had Lars Tiffany on the show God knows how many times, and obviously they've gone back-to-back -back winning natties, and he's very philosophical and, and can give you an interesting answer to a question. What's the relationship like between the men and the women's lacrosse programs at Virginia? Oh, I mean, we're very connected. We always have been. Um, lots of our, our, we've had siblings play. Um, a, daughter, a sister on my team and, and a brother on uh, the men's team. Actually, my son's going to play for Lars next year, so it's about to get even tighter again um, within my own household. Uh, but th there's a great relationship. I think uh, 
we've really tried to do a lot of healthy things together and playing different co-ed style lacrosse games and um, doing different dinners and different different events together with the guys. But certainly um, our women love to watch the men play and compete so hot at such a high level. And, and, and there, a lot of the guys will come to our games as well. So it is nice to have a counterpart on campus, um, especially one that's as talented as the men. Julie, I want to follow up on something real oh. quick. I want to follow up on something. When your son was looking at other schools, I assume, uh, what kind of recruiter yeah. was Lars Tiffany when he walked in? Did he, did, <laughs> I mean, did did he like eat all the meal? Like you know, you always hear about coaching and recruiting. Hey, I go in, I talk to Mama, talk to Daddy, and I go and I went and had four plates of fried chicken and all this stuff. And you, so, what was that like when Lars Tiffany came to the house to recruit your son? Well, I, I didn't say he came to my house, so oh. uh, so it was much more than that. Um, I mean, he honestly, I mean, we've grown up. Timmy, my son Timmy's grown up playing at Clockner. I mean, his his playground and where he learned to shoot behind the back was up at Clockner Stadium after games and at halftime. So um, it just made sense for him to stay home. He he was he was going to go to another program as well that that did a great job recruiting him. Um, but at the end of the day, I think he's just born and raised to love Virginia, and it was going to be really hard for him to go anywhere else. But we know yeah. Lars really well. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there's a good relationship between Timmy and Lars and that whole staff, but it's just a great opportunity. It's something that I'm super proud of and really excited about. That's cool. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we wish you all the best. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa. tomorrow night. Whoa. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, I'm sorry. Whoa, I messed up, Julie. I'm whoa. sorry. <laughs> Julie, we got to get the answer to this. I know the yeah. game's tomorrow, but like even you're getting ready to go to practice. Yeah. What for you specifically is your walk-up music? What is your get going? Let's go music. Oh man, I, I love Justin Bieber. I, I mean, I, I realize that I'm a middle-aged mom, but I love Justin Bieber. So kind of anything off of his albums would be great. Justin Bieber? Are you problem? kidding me? Seriously? Oh, <laughs> I'm dead serious. <laughs> I, I I love I love the music that the that the college kids listen to. It's on. It's hey. a, it's all I listen to honestly in my car and on, on my headphones. So can I can I tell you a story yeah. real quick? I know this is your debut on the show, but my youngest awesome. daughter. My youngest daughter, Emerson, loves Justin Bieber, all right? And when, when, like 10 years ago, when he was like really, she was doing the whole teeny bopper thing, Justin Bieber comes to Charlotte for a concert. And she tells me, Dad, you're taking me down to whatever the hotel was. They found out where he was staying. We go down to the hotel because I'm a nice dad, right? And there must be... I don't know, a thousand teenage girls looking for Justin Bieber. And they're roaming through the, the lobby, and they, it's a mess. We're standing outside the hotel, and this giant bus pulls up. I mean, we were standing on the street corner. And my daughter goes, oh, my God, this is Justin Bieber's bus. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great, whatever. Julie, oh, I love it. Julie, the door opens and out walks this guy. I wouldn't know Justin Bieber from the man on the moon. The doors open and this guy walks out of the bus. It's Justin Bieber. And my daughter, Emerson, goes, oh, Justin, Justin. And he kisses her on the hand. No, that, that's awesome. That, yeah. So Justin Bieber is the real deal. And, and Just, apparently a good guy. And your time is perfect. There it is. I'm leaving you with that positive thought heading into the game tomorrow. <laughs> we wish you the very best. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Good luck. When we come back, uh, I don't know how Drew Hackenberg's going to top oh. Julie Myers and the Justin Bieber story. I have a Hackenberg there. story.
I do. So it does get better. All right, stay tuned. When we come back, Virginia Tech's outstanding rookie, Drew Hackenberg, going to join us. We'll talk to him about the success with the chef and the Hokie baseball team next. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham on a Thursday. Uh, the guests continue. I'm still trying to get over Julie Myers going Justin Bieber on this. I just did. Those answers have been so off the cuff from the coaches. You just never know what you're going to get. But that one really surprised me. Really surprised me. I, um, you know, I know where we're going to ultimately go with this. We're going to build the chronology of all oh, the answers, right? Sure, because the hardest class thing has been a terrific answer. And we've, we've done that a lot. The coach's walk-up music has also equally proved Pac to be sensational in terms of the variance, right? No, no question. And it's all. And the funny thing is, every time we have a new coach on, it's like we're going to have a new player. We're going to do Drew in here in a second about Virginia Tech baseball. But mm-hmm. I try to anticipate what the coach is going to say, and I'm never in the right. neighborhood of being right. I'm not even close. Sometimes right. they're not even the same genre of music. So – Julie surprised me yeah. with uh, Justin Bieber. I, I didn't expect that at all. At all. Well, in terms of timing, we'll get to Drew Hackenberg, and now he knows what the question will be at the end because this is his debut on the program. Right. Freshman from the Miller School in Charlottesville. There is Drew Hackenberg. And the timing for Drew Hackenberg couldn't be more perfect because the Hokies are going to Charlottesville this weekend. So the first question has to be, how many names on the ticket list, right? Uh, not about baseball. How many tickets we got to try and come up with this weekend, Drew? <laughs> I got I got a lot coming, you know. Uh, looking at six right now, but I'm going to have to probably fill that, fill out, take some guys' tickets this weekend. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a great series. And, man, you guys – I mean, I know we're going to talk pitching with you because you're doing such a great job. But, man, your boys are raking, aren't they? I mean, it's got to be fun playing hooky baseball right now. Yeah, I mean, 100%. You got to go down the whole lineup. Like, everybody's batting 300-plus, which is still – which is really good in ACC. And, you know, you just – it really helps me from a pitching perspective because I know those guys are going to go out and they're they're always going to do their job for the most part. So, it's just crazy, you know, insane. Drew, in, in the confidence level being one thing, you're still making the transition as a talented high school player to getting into the college game here. What's this been like? I mean, the transition sometimes can be pretty curious, especially in college baseball. Uh, I mean, it's definitely like a little tougher than what I would, was expecting, obviously. Like college ball, transitioning to the next level is always and can be a hard step for any athlete. But, you know, just, you know, having the guys I have and having the team I have and been able to work with them and go against them, I mean, it's really, that's what's really helped me to to success that I'm having right now, obviously. Like, our lineup, like, facing that lineup in the fall and the spring a little bit before we get into it was was a mm-hmm. tremendous help, a tremendous help. By the way, you know, every time we see Virginia Tech highlights, we see dudes going yard, and all of a sudden we get the hammer and you get the celebration of the dugout. <laughs> we going to do anything for pitchers, or is this just all about dudes going yard? <laughs> it was – it was a debate at one time whether what we were going to do. It was going to involve the hammer, I think, at some point. But, I mean, 
I guess guys just kind of take their own thing into account. Jeff does his little, he like flicks away. Like it's just like, and he's like, it's just bring your own energy, have your own like celebration, I guess at that point. But we did talk about it. We did talk about doing something like that. That's kind of what it is though, right, Drew? I mean, it's, that's the camaraderie of baseball. You know, kind of agree on whatever the concept's going to be for certain guys. And other guys are like, yeah, I'll, I'll play along, but I got my own thing too. And, and really, the season's long enough that you can kind of survive the highs and lows a little bit as long as you stay connected, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we knew we, we didn't start off to the – we didn't have our best start, I mean, obviously, with the three with a sweep against Georgia Tech. But, you know, we didn't – we didn't take that. We didn't take that to heart too much. We knew it was just the beginning, and we knew we just had to move on from that. And we now look at us. So, you know, like we you know, we don't care about what people say. Like we just kind of go about every day and just know we got to play to the best of our potential. And then so I mean, just turned out to be like this. So pretty exciting. True. I thought that, uh, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Because if I am, I'll apologize. But it seemed like the series with Miami. <laughs> was a little bit more of a big deal than just your typical, hey, we got another ACC weekend coming up. Uh, the Canes have been playing great baseball. So have you guys. And it just seemed like that was like, hey, let's just kind of see where we are. And you guys go ahead and take care of the series. I know every series is important to count the same, et cetera. But was there a little bit more juice for that series a couple of weeks ago? Oh, 100, 110%. Like, it was just every – like, the – Stands were packed. We brought back what Coach Chef wanted to, which was to pack the stands. And, uh, you know, just it was insane. That was the biggest crowd I ever pitched in front of. And there was definitely a different energy that weekend than any other weekend we've played so far here in a while, too. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a lot more juice and, you know, excitement from the players as well. I think there'll probably be a few people interested in this weekend series. Ooh, don't you think? Know. I mean, it'll be handful of folks at least maybe a couple handfuls that want to want to see the Hokies and Cavaliers don't you think Drew <laughs> yeah 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 a lot of people I mean I was thinking <laughs> about that we had Miami I mean I was like yeah we're about to have x amount more than Miami so it's like it's kind of crazy but at the same time it's like very fun it's fun going back like going back to my stomping grounds I guess you could say and just you know being able to throw in front of that crowd it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a very exciting weekend that's for sure very exciting you know, years ago, uh, I used to do this uh, camp tour thing on SiriusXM, and we went to Penn State, and we we're talking to James Franklin and all that stuff. And uh, I said, "We gonna get a chance to talk to your quarterback?" He said, "Hackenberg." I said, "Yeah, Hackenberg." He goes, "Yeah, we'll let you talk to Hackenberg. How's he doing, by the way?" He's doing. Uh, he's doing really well. You know, he's. I mean, obviously, football didn't work out the way he wanted to, but I mean, he was. Yeah, to my brother, he was. He was amazing. I love him so much. And, you know, he's just – he's going to be here this weekend, which excites me. But, you know, it's going to be fun. He's having fun. How, competi how competitive was that uh, family, by the way? Just I, I got to figure you guys were – Yeah, I mean – It didn't yeah. did matter if you were running in the mailbox or whatever. You guys, I guarantee competition was running amok in your family. <laughs> yeah, we were, always, we were always out doing something, messing around out in the backyard or – just playing football. I, I was usually the one that ended up getting hurt, so I had to start <laughs> learning to. <laughs> I had to start learning to kind of get away from all of them and just not not get hurt. And it was just it, it was difficult too because they're all pretty good athletes themselves. But yeah, I mean, from the last stake on the dinner table, I mean, it was just like who was gonna get it? You know, we fight for everything. But I mean, that's what that's what's helped us get through all this. So. 
Guarantee you. All right, Drew. Here's here's kind of the question I have. There's a there's a a, a band of brothers at uh, at NC State who wrestle the Hydleys, who ironically are from Pennsylvania. Brothers of Destruction, and, and both those cat the Brothers of Destruction is what they call themselves because as you might imagine brothers who wrestle the furniture was on constant replacement. I'm guessing at the Hydley House. You say competitive, and we know Christian, obviously, an incredible football talent. Your brother's an incredible soccer talent. Your other brother, Brandon, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yourself playing baseball here. Come on now. I mean, when we say competitive situation, do we talk about like video game controllers being smashed up against the wall in the basement? Are we? What are we talking about here? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely like – after, I mean, but video games, for your example, I mean, we play play Madden or anything. And afterwards, it would just be like, whoever lost was like, you suck, you stink, you know. And then we'd just go straight into wrestling. Sometimes it would turn into, like, just a big brawl between all of us. And uh, <laughs> it was mostly the other brother that you didn't mention, which was Adam. He was, he was the big, oh, he was the big, you know, right. anger monster. But he's, I love him. I love them all, you know. Super competitive. Yeah, Adam played baseball at Clemson. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Di- I didn't mean to disparage Adam Pack, who uh, <laughs> who played baseball at Clemson. So he's the other baseball guy. Four boys in a house, all relatively close in age. Bless your heart of your mom and dad. Bless their <laughs> hearts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom was the only girl in the house. Even our dogs were uh, were male dogs, so it was just like it was. <laughs> I felt bad for her, but you know, <laughs> it was like you know she she was like that was like my person. So I mean, I was a mama's boy. I will say it, but I've grown to. I mean, I still love my dad, obviously, you know. But he's taught me. He, he was the tough. He was the tough guy on me. So you know, which was which was what okay. we all needed. Uh. Again, I always get a kick out of baseball guys because there's always some chirping going on left and right. Do you get a sense for this series coming up that there's a respect factor and everybody's on their best P's and Q's? Or is, or is this a talkative series when Virginia and Virginia Tech get together in baseball? Um, I, there's definitely, there's definitely going to be chirping. There's always chirping everywhere. I mean, from our fans, we know from our fans they can be – they can just wear you down from as an opposing team, but you know, especially with how many fans are going to be there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of support, right? For obviously from being from the area, but I'm I'm expecting definitely a couple of chirps here and there. But at the same time, I, I don't pay attention to that much, so I just go out there and do my thing. Yeah, I love it, man. Anytime, listen, anytime these two get together, I don't care what the sport is, it, it's going to be good. But you throw in two teams ranked in the top eleven in the country, you guys have been balling like crazy, and the Hokies. You know, we're fired up to see the Who's, and the Who's are really good. I mean, this is going to be good stuff. Now, we're going to give you the traditional question, yep. all right? Since you've been at Virginia Tech, Drew, what has been your hardest class? I was going to mess around, and I was going to be like like nuclear engineering or something, just say something just completely out of the blue. <laughs> but uh, I, I'd, I'd go with uh, – Accounting, because I'm a business major, so I'm gonna say accounting. It's been my toughest class, 100%. I get it, I do. You know, I gotta <laughs> I tell you it. what, Drew. Here's the deal. At least from me, I'm gonna go this route. This is your first appearance on this show, and it won't be your last. You no. know why? Because the fact you were actually thinking about jerking our chain on hardest class, I, I really like kind of respect that. Hey, I appreciate because that. you're willing to tell us your 
Yeah, the, you're willing to tell us you're going to jerk our chain, and it also makes me think, huh, maybe somebody's jerked our chain before and just come up with some class they've never even attempted. They just know somebody else took it, and yeah. uh, they knew it was hard for them, so they figured they'd use that. But you're honest in saying accounting and that you're a business major, and I respect that too, but I also really like the fact you were going to jerk our chain too. Yeah, I respect that. I do. I respect that decision. I do. And I like the fact that you were yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to mess with these old guys, but nah, I'm going to be nice to them the first time. The next time yeah. I'm back, eh, when they're not looking, I get them yeah. from behind. Just like my brother used <laughs> and, to do. To and, <laughs> yeah. That's, Learned that trick too. Hey, I tell you what. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you again. Uh, you can count on that. Good luck this weekend. I hope you get the ticket thing worked out because yeah. I'll tell you what now, I've, I've seen some guys go through that at the college level. That can be a bit cumbersome now. You got you know, you know how the Super Bowl guys talk about you got to get that worked out before you leave town. I'd suggest you work that out before you get on that bus with Chef, you know, to ride to Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely going to have to do that. They usually do it the morning of, so it's just like you're scrambling at that point, So especially on away games. Love it. Well, we wish you the yeah. best, man. Continued well. success. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Drew Hackenberg, he's having a heck of a year for Virginia Tech. Ooh. I'll say it again. John Chef, for those of you that, that remember his work at Maryland, you're not surprised by his right. success at Virginia Tech. You're not surprised. And Wes, how um, about how about the year? You know, we were just talking about Wake Forest and sports year. They're you know, John Curry's did an incredible job. The, the women and the men's golf programs yep. just won titles. How about in the spring here? I mean, you've seen Virginia Tech softball rock and roll. Now you see Virginia Tech baseball, mm-hmm. both top ten, and I mean legitimate good. I mean, both of them could get to the College World Series in both of those respective sports, and that's not even a reach. Really impressive. Yep. Yep. Uh, when we come back, a couple things about scholarships you need to be knowing about. Uh, one a uh, few days ago, and then one was announced yesterday, and this is some kind of deal now at Georgia Tech. This is something else. We'll come back and share that with you when we continue. Uh, and also look ahead to tonight. Maybe Packer and I pick a draft. Maybe we, maybe we wage a pick, if you will. We'll do that when we come back. Packer and Durham on ACCN. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Let's get to uh, let's get to these stories. And we said that to top today. These are the fun stories, right? Student athletes thinking about education one way or another. The first one happened a couple days ago with Kayla Jones at NC State. Excellent. And Pack, I want to tell you that this is. Giving back to the community, and Kayla Jones made an announcement on social media. Uh, announced the Kayla Jones Scholarship, which will be awarded to one female senior athlete from Riverside High School. Um, Kayla, of course, played at NC State, graduated Riverside, uh, scholarship to play at NC State, unbelievable career. Uh Drafted earlier this month by the Minnesota Lynx and the WNBA, um, she establishes a scholarship. Now, look at they got some criteria: three O or better, female athlete. You know, from Williamson, North Carolina, she's accepted. Uh, it, the student must be accepted to an accredited four-year college or university or two-year community situation. And and congratulations, Kayla Jones! Right, just awesome. 
I, I think it's a touch. First of all, it's a touch class. Uh, and it's also somebody that obviously understood the importance of an education while at NC State and said, you know what? This is the deal. Yeah, I have a great time playing a sport, yep. but I had a chance to further my education. How do I give back? That's what it's all about. And mm-hmm. uh, when you see a young person, it's one thing that somebody's already established and said, all right, I got, I've acquired some wealth. Now let me give back, which is awesome, too. But to see a young person just basically right out of school say, hey, you know what? How do I get others involved so they can have an experience like I did? Yep. Uh, again, that's just that's just first class is what that is. Yep. Uh, and then word came down yesterday that Peyton and Ashley Manning have endowed a scholarship fund at Georgia Tech in the memory of Demarius Thomas. Uh, of course, Peyton played with Thomas in Denver. Uh, they won a Super Bowl together. We lost Demarius December the 9th at the age of 33. And this is an academic scholarship to an incoming freshman from Lawrence County, which is just uh, east of Macon, where Thomas was born and raised in the community of Montrose, Georgia, uh, demonstrating significant financial need and academic achievement. Full or partial scholarships will be awarded annually, and students will receive the scholarships until they graduate from Georgia Tech. What an unbelievable uh, contribution from Peyton and Ashley Manning. And I will also add, too, that Georgia Tech acknowledged that August the 8th will be recognized as Demarius Thomas Day, 8-8, cool. uh, which is ironic in that standpoint. And uh, Georgia Tech players are going to wear the decal number 8 on their uniforms and helmets in the 2022 season. So, uh, Obviously, acknowledgement to Peyton and Ashley Manning for the endowment, but at the same time, uh, the terrific memory of uh, Demarius Thomas as well. Yeah, it's hard to believe he's gone. I remember when he passed, it was like, oh, no, you got to be kidding me because it, it felt like you just yeah. watched him play. Uh, but he left us mm-hmm. way, way, way too soon. And, you know, the Manning family, Wes, I, I don't know how much you've dealt yep. with them. Uh, I, I think they're the first family of football, to be honest with you, in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And from the dad down, Eli's great too, and Archie's incredible, but the whole family just gets it. I mean, I know they've been incredibly blessed uh, from an athletic standpoint to go on to the next level and play and win multiple championships and all that great stuff, but they just treat people with such respect. Yeah. And it's something that we could all learn. Doesn't matter how many zeros are in your bank account, uh, treating people with respect is free of charge. And I, I have always admired the way the Mannings go about their business and they treat people, whether you're, you know, the top of the world or you're somebody that's really struggling, they get it. And so uh, to, mm-hmm. see, to see them do that for Georgia Tech and that relationship uh, doesn't surprise me. Again, another first class move. Yeah. And uh, Peyton Ashley, of course, is a Virginia graduate and uh, she and Peyton have been incredibly philanthropic. Uh, in their professional lives as well. All right, draft is tonight, 8 o'clock over on ESPN. You can also see it on ABC and the NFL Network. Uh, I think Iki Iguanu is the first ACC guy off the board. And I'm saying eh, four to the Jets, three to the Texans, Pac. Uh, I think you're right that he's the first to be picked. Uh, but from a personal standpoint, you know how I feel with the sixth pick. Of the 2022 NFL Draft, <laughs> I want to hear Roger Goodell say the Carolina Panthers select from the University of Pittsburgh, future Packer and Durham cohort, Kenny Pickett. Oh. 
Come on down and bring the Bojangles wow. biscuits. Here we go. Kids, if that happens, this thing will be off the rails at 7 tomorrow morning. Have a great night. <laughs> <laughs>